I think it was around two or three in the morning where we just kind of looked at each other and said, well, we're not leaving her in the hospital and going and getting married. So what do we do? What, what are we going to do? Are we going to have to call this off? You've just got engaged. Where do you start? I'm just joining this journey too. I'm Georgina Pryor. And I'm Ann Janderson. And we're both marriage celebrants and experts in all things weddings. Georgie, you've started planning your wedding and I'm so excited for you, but I don't envy the job that you have ahead. No, and I'm a celebrant just like you, Ange, and we go through this process of organising weddings for people, but I have never organised my own wedding before and it's quite stressful. I guess it's daunting because you just don't know where to start. I have no idea where to start. I do know that I need to lock in my date. That's obviously really important. And then from there, I can start piecing all the other bits together. Where do I want to get married? How many people are coming? And what happens if you want to get married at a certain place, but it's not available on the date, but it's available at another date? Do you then move the date? I think I would. So I think what I'm going to do is look for a venue and see what dates are available and then book in a date from there. The typical engagement I know is about 22 months. Wow, is it that long? Yeah, so if I allow the same amount of time, maybe I'll be able to get the best in their fields if I start booking now. So have you been given some bridal magazines? Is that where you're going to start the inspiration for like your dress and maybe the style of the wedding that you're going for? Yes, I've got one magazine, but I had a little look through it and I feel like I'm more of an Instagram bride. I'm going through Instagram, I'm scrolling through, I've gone through every hashtag and I'm kind of figuring out my style and what kind of photos I like and what kind of flowers I want at my venue and things like that. I think we're really lucky in Australia too because we can do the you know beautiful outside wedding and we're probably going to be quite fortunate with weather. Another great thing about having it in Australia, Ange, is that we have a really high standard in our industry for weddings. Huge. Photographers are fantastic and catering is amazing and so I know that whatever I do decide, I'm going to have a great day. I just have to figure it out on the way. And I think it's important to not to become too stressed about it all because at the end of the day, this is basically just a celebration of you and Tim and how you got together and the next step of your future. And as we know, Ange, things don't always go perfect on the day, but if we do the right research and planning, we can get ourselves on track to a wonderful wedding. Let's chat to Erin. She's really organised and I'm marrying her next year. I'd love to get an idea of where she started. Once we booked in our venue, I found it really helpful because I was able to go to the venue's Instagram and just see real brides on their wedding day. And from there, I was even just like stalking other brides. I looked at the venue's tagged photos. They would always tag all the vendors and I could go from there. I could go and find dresses and um, hairdressers and makeup artists and things like that. And it was really great seeing real brides on their wedding day and how it all came together. I like that. So you go to the tagged photos rather than all the photos on their posts. Yeah, because of course they put all their best photos on their own Instagram. So I love going to um, hairdressers tagged photos because that's Real brides, all their bridesmaids together, so you can get a really good idea of what it looks like on the day. And I guess it helps too when you're looking at things like the dress. You're not just going to see it on the model as the way that the dressmaker wants it to be seen. You're seeing it on brides who have worn it down the aisle. Absolutely. And even like their friends and family's photos that aren't filtered or anything like that, you're getting really authentic images in tagged photos. 
Who have you found has taken the lead out of you and your partner? Has it been a collaborative effort or has one of you been a little bit more involved than the other? Um, definitely myself. <laughs> um, Dan was super involved um, with the venue, obviously, and he was really into finding the perfect band as well. He, that was really important to him. But in terms of flowers and the finer details of our wedding, it's definitely been me. But um, I don't mind that at all. I've actually really enjoyed it. And before I book anything, I always show him and he always just looks at it and says, yep, fine. I like it if you like it. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And you've got a two-year engagement. Has that been helpful? Yeah, I've loved our two-year engagement. We had an engagement party straight away and then, um, yeah, just kind of relaxed into wedding planning. Each month is kind of a different key item for us to book so like finding the band we went out and watched heaps of bands really got into it until we booked that band and then we're like right on to the next thing what's the next thing sounds like you've had quite a few date nights along the way absolutely like, or date days yeah yeah there's been lots of that it's been really nice um and even bringing friends and family along for the journey it's a whole experience for everyone everyone gets around it it's really exciting Some really great tips there and I think one of the keys about Erin's situation is that she's given herself so much time to plan that she can kind of sit back and go piece by piece. And enjoy the ride. Absolutely. Another person who gave themselves a lot of time to plan but didn't have a plan B, her name is Penny and I went to her wedding. Penny, have you got any advice for brides out there? I reckon if you're going to do it for yourself, which we wanted to take on quite a bit of it for ourselves, so that included, you know, decorating, doing the flowers and things like that, you really have to have a plan B. And I know a lot of people do it for weather, but you also need a plan B for if other things go wrong because we had in mind doing a lot of this ourselves at the venue on the day but it didn't go quite to plan and we had a last minute emergency the night before our wedding our little girl who was three at the time got really really sick we rushed her to hospital and then she got transported to a bigger hospital and we spent pretty much the whole night in hospital with her and were unable to do any of that prep that we'd put aside for our wedding that day. So what happened there Penn? Did you have to have the family step in and help you out? Yeah that's when we really had to lean on our family and friends for help and so those things like doing the bouquets which we'd sort of arranged to do for ourselves the night before but obviously I had to delegate it to someone else and I really have to give credit to my maid of honour and my bridal party who stood up and said what can we do and they looked after that they worked well into the hours had quite a few wines I remember also just setting table settings things like that that we'd all planned to do for ourselves so you know retrospectively we probably should have had a plan B you know if something had gone wrong who's going to look after what rather than dealing with it all last minute because we were pretty frazzled the next day as you could imagine and did you ever think at any stage Penn when you're in the hospital that perhaps the day might even not go ahead yeah I think I think it was around two or three in the morning where we just kind of looked at each other and said, well, we're not leaving her in the hospital and going and getting married. So what do we do? What what are we going to do? Are we going to have to call this off? So we had a big conversation with the doctors and she was given the all clear. So we kind of got back to our accommodation, which we hadn't been planning to stay to get together but had no option and crammed in probably about one to two hours sleep before we had to get up and then prepare again that morning. So we were pretty wrecked. I think we, you know, waddled off to the local bakery and got some carbs into us and then went straight into hair and makeup looking probably worse for wear, I reckon. I don't think so. You looked absolutely stunning on the day. Thank you. Thank you. And you would never have known that this went on behind the scenes. Like you were just such a chilled bride. Oh, thank you. You know what? The best advice I got, I, I had a really good photographer 
for that day. She said to me, you know, I know what you've been through is hard and no one should have to go through that overnight the night before your wedding. The best thing you can do is just smile all day and no one will even know the difference. No one will know what you've been through. And, you know, it's kind of contagious. Once you're in that mentality of smiling and smiling all the time, it does pick you up. You know, she just stuck a glass of champagne in my hand and said, just smile. And the first few rounds of photos were hard, but eventually I settled into it. And isn't it amazing when things happen that are quite dramatic, like your daughter getting sick? Yeah. You don't really sweat the small stuff and you really notice the love in the room. You get a bit of perspective. And one thing was I'd planned to write this heartfelt speech the night before. So I had no speech on the day and suddenly it got to my turn and I had to speak and I just realised I had a napkin with about two things written on it because that's all the time I'd had to do it. And so in the end, my speech was off the cuff and I think it flowed better. I, I wouldn't do it differently now because it was said from the heart and, you know, really thankful for, you know, what I'd gone through and not sweating the small things in life. The important thing I got from that is sometimes things just happen that you can't control on your wedding day. And if something bad does happen, make sure you've got some people around you to offer some support and chip in. And don't sweat the small stuff. Elise James knows how to plan a wedding because she's gone through it, but also because she works at Easy Weddings, so she knows the industry better than anyone. Where should a bride or groom begin the planning process? I think it's like anything when you generally, our generation, when we find out something and we want to go research it, we either ask family or friends or we jump onto the internet. What about, I mean, it can be overwhelming. So what about social media, Instagram, and you also see Facebook business pages? Is it wise to start following all of those and just, you know, starting to get a vibe as to what those vendors are like? I think it's a really good idea if you've got particular favourites to really sort of follow them and see what they're doing and see how much they're doing in terms of weddings, what they're updating, because it really shows if the more active they are generally, the better they are because they've got that more business, they're doing a lot more weddings. But I think that if you follow every single person that you come across, it might get overwhelming very, <laughs> very quickly. And I think the, the best thing is to do is to actually look at different things individually in terms of the elements of your wedding. So you might want to look at your venue first and then look at your celebrant and then your photographer and taking it sort of one by one rather than trying to look at everything at once because I know that when I was planning for my wedding, I did too much at once and then suddenly everyone started getting back to me at the same time and I found it very overwhelming and then just stopped planning for about a month. Where is the best place to start? Should you be locking in your celebrant or your venue or the photographer? Where do we start? The best place to start is generally your venue because if you don't have a certain date in mind, then your venue really helps cement that for you. So a lot of people might not have a date in mind, but they might say that they want to get married in spring, for instance. And then they might have a venue that they really like. So if you go to that venue, that venue will be able to tell you what sort of availability they've got. And you can actually work from there. And then going from there is you pick out your most important thing. So, I mean, the difference between a wedding and a party is your celebrant. So you go for your celebrant next because they're actually going to marry you. I would say photographers are high on the list as well because they are usually in a high demand. So they'll Mm. uh, book out quite quickly. And then I think another big thing that people... Uh, really start with first is the dress because it's the first sort of tangible thing that you actually get to do. You get to go to the store, you get to try it on, you get to take your mum or your bridal party and sort of celebrate with other people and actually 
sort of touch it and feel it. Because I think about wedding dress and I think, you know, if I'm a bride, I'll be like, no, I've got to lose so much weight before I actually fit into the dress. So it's it's interesting that it's up up quite high, but I guess you do have to start looking at styles and dressmakers having enough time. I think, for instance, I was with my partner for a very long time. I actually looked at dresses before I was even engaged, but I'm that crazy person, so that's fine. I um, love it. I think as well, when you do get the dress, because depending on if you're getting it custom made or off the rack, you've got, then you've got that alteration process as well. So, you know, if you do lose weight, or in my case, if you gain weight, it's, you know, you can just, you can get those alterations done at the end as well. That's like, it. If you I lose mean, a lot of weight and you're feeling fantastic, that little fee to get it taken in even more. Or just buy another one. <laughs> exactly. I actually did that. I, I oh. did not lose the weight I was going to. I bought a size smaller dress and so uh, about six weeks before the wedding, I had to go buy another one. Oh, that can... actually fit that was a size bigger and... I wouldn't change it. Did you get the same one, the one that you... I did. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I just got the... So now I've just got it in two sizes. It's fine. When we're talking to all these vendors, the wedding venue, the celebrant, the photographer, do we need several quotes? Look, I think most people generally, depending on what sort of area they're looking in, generally check in with between three and ten suppliers. It's important to just start with a few and then branch out if they might not necessarily be the right fit. So if you find a photographer that you like and they are the perfect photographer, then book them. If you connect with them on a personal level or they're the only person that you've spoken to but you love them, then book them. I think it's all about finding that personal connection because you're spending so much time with these vendors on the day, particularly your celebrant, your photographer, those people who are going to be with you for the whole day. And it's really important to actually make sure you have that personal connection with them as well. So, you know, you might love their work, but you might just not gel. And so it's not a bad thing to go and give another quote if that's the case. And when you do make that official first contact with the person, what are we expecting the responsiveness to be like? Because obviously these uh, suppliers are quite busy. They're, they're running in between other weddings. Is it acceptable for them to get back to you within a day or what should we be looking at? Particularly on a weekend, if waiting a day or even waiting until the following Monday um, is is a good way to just sort of see if they're getting back to you just to give them that little bit of leeway on a weekend. But I think most of the time, if if you inquire with someone on a Monday and they haven't got back to you till a Thursday, then I would just leave it. So if they actually get back to you in a really quick time frame and they let you know that, yeah, we're really keen to like work on your wedding with you, congratulations, that's a really nice touch and it's really nice as a couple to actually feel like they care about your wedding. Yeah, you should feel like a priority, I guess. That's the way I like to treat couples who I meet with. They're my number one priority. Exactly. And I think that's a big thing for anyone. Like you don't want to be you don't want to be planning your wedding feeling like you're a second option to a supplier. And I guess Lise, you come from Easy Weddings, that's who you work for. Can you tell us a little bit about Easy Weddings? It is a hub of information where people can go. Primarily we are a wedding directory. We've got a budget calculator, which I think is my favourite feature. Oh, like, a budget calculator. Awesome. Oh, it's so good. It doesn't matter what budget you've got. If it's 20K, 30K, 40K, it doesn't matter because it's all percentage-based. So you can put in what budget you want and it tells you what you should spend on each item. To did you use that for your own wedding? I did, yeah. Fantastic. Now, Elise, you've just been through the process yourself. You've just got married. What's your one piece of advice to people before we wrap up? Look, I my piece of advice would be to not worry about things that are out of your control. So I think, I mean, for instance, my ceremony, we got married on New Year's Eve. We had a few um, 
people in a public garden. We had a few little uh, extra guests that we hadn't <laughs> intended on having, oh. a few little issues with people there. But it was, at the end of the day, it was something that we couldn't have foreseen. We couldn't have controlled these things. If you've planned everything up to the day as much as you can, when you get to that day, don't worry about what could go wrong because it's out of your control. Just worry about having a good time. Worry about spending time with your spouse-to-be that you're about to get married to. I mean, just spending time with each other, having fun and making sure that it's an enjoyable day because you don't want to look back and worry about what could have happened. You want to look back and say, that was one of the best days of my life. Exactly the information I needed at this step in my planning process. At the end of every episode, we'll go over a checklist. It will give you all the important things that you need to know to plan your wedding. Picking a date becomes really important, obviously, and you might need to do that around your venue or even your favourite vendor. So if you really want a photographer, make sure that they're available for the date you're thinking or you might have to switch your date up to suit them. Decide on your top five most important elements and book them first, whether that be the catering, the band or even the celebrant. Allow enough time when booking someone in. I know that I recently sent off some emails about makeup artists to see how much they cost and I found out that some were already booked out at a date that I'm looking at which is 18 months away. And I really liked Erin's point about deep diving on Instagram. You know, stalking vendors. (laughs) I'd like it. Looking at the tagged posts that brides have put up, not those filtered shots that the vendors do. Looking at the real stuff. Yes. Know that you can't control every single thing. If something does go wrong, make sure you've got people you can count on to help you out. The budget becomes a huge thing. Now have those conversations. They can be tricky. Start talking to your partner now and also talk to your extended family. There are a few cost-cutting methods that you can do. Think about things like a weekday wedding. They're so popular now. And fun. Absolutely. A day off work. It's the best. But most of all, make sure you have fun in this process. At times you might be stressed, but try to look at it as a bonding experience with your fiancé. It's a really exciting time. And if you're still really stuck and you want to have a chat to other brides going through the same thing, check out the Wedding Secrets Bride Tribe Facebook group. It's a place for real talk with other brides about your wedding, anything that you want to cover about your big day. There are other brides probably experiencing the exact same thing. And it's a good place to go to get some inspiration too. We're all here for you.